Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked on Canadians, can the Habs bounce back against the free-falling Ducks? And should Morgan Riley go to jail? You are Locked on Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 1009 of Lockdown Canadians. We are, of course, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Remember to make every moment more, because right now new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla, and as always, I am joined by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, we have a lot to get through in today's show. We've got a game preview. We're going to upset Leaf fans like on purpose this time, I think. And we're going to talk about Carey Price's contract a little bit. But before we get into all of that, how are you on what is suddenly a very chilly Monday in Buffalo, New York? I just Googled, should Morgan Riley go to jail? <laughs> and more results came up. Than you think. So I know we're going to get that get to that in our second segment. Uh, yes, the chill is headed over here too. It's not here quite yet, but overnight it's going to get really, really cold. So hopefully the Montreal Canadiens will heat back up against the Ducks because it's getting a bit abysmal. Uh, a bit abysmal is being very kind. Like we, t- <laughs> we talked about the weekend where the Montreal Canadiens played terribly against St. Louis Blues. And it wasn't fun. It was a no good fun time. The Anaheim Ducks are a very, very bad team. They are 18-31-2. They have 38 points, a minus 43 goal differential, and have law are on a 4-5-1 in their last 10 streak. And the last time I made this argument that, no, the Canadians can't possibly lose to the worst team in the Pacific, the San Jose Sharks, uh, they did so in just absolutely infuriating fashion. The Ducks, I know, are not good. I know that they are not a good team. They went through their injuries. They went through their regression. They were very fun at the start of the season. I don't want to take that away from the Anaheim Ducks. They were a wildly fun team to start this season when things they were also, clicking. And sorry, No, go ahead. They also, they also had a lot of good storylines this season, right? I mean, in terms of things, yeah, like Leo Carlson was there, and then he got hurt. And it's they are a team that is I don't want to say a boogeyman for the Canadians, but every year that the Habs play the Ducks, even if the Ducks are bad, the Habs managed to trip over their own two feet in this game. They did it in uh, the reverse retro game last year. The year before that, poor Samuel Montembeau got Michigan by Trevor Zegras, and everyone just got really, really mad. Uh, I'm looking at their leading scores. Frank Vetrano leads the team with 38 points. He has 22 goals. Impressive. Uh, and 16 assists. Troy Terry has 15 goals, 22 assists. Adam Henrique has 35 points in 50 games. Mason McTavish, 31 points in 43. Uh, and then surprisingly to me is that I know that he's been injured for parts of this season and whatnot. Trevor Zegers has seven points in 20 games this year, which is 
perhaps the most alarming thing about this team because I know that he is a budding potential superstar. We've seen it in his previous years in the league where he had 61 points in 75 games on a bad Ducks team. And he had 65 points last year on a bad Ducks team. And he's got ridiculous talents. And then this year, it just doesn't seem like it's there. And all I can think and know in this game is that Trevor Zegras is going to put on a clinic because if you are in a slump, no one will help you find your way out of that better than the Montreal Canadiens. And Laura, am I just being too defeatist in that, like thinking this should be a win for the Canadians. This should be an instant bounce back kind of game. And I can't help but think they're going to screw it up somehow. Well, first let's get back to Trevor Zegras for just a moment. This is not going to help matters where a lot of our listeners think that he's one of the most overrated young players in the NHL with him like having this uh, stat line this year. I don't think that it's a permanent stat line. I think Trevor Zegers is a superstar in the making, just as you said. Uh, this has all the, lo- the makings of a disaster. However, the Montreal Canadiens have now, they've got a lot to prove. They've got, like, they, they really need this bounce back game. If there's ever one for the taking, I would say this one is it. Uh, But at the same time, I'm bracing myself for every possibility, including a very disappointing loss to the Anaheim Ducks. And we should, going into this game, there are some injury updates. Caden Gooley is still being examined or evaluated, I believe, as of today. Uh, Jordan Harris is out with a head injury, which I don't want to, I can't say it's a concussion because that's not what they called it, but anyone who saw that, knows that he was concussed after both having his head hit into the boards and off the ice. Uh, the photos of that incident are terrifying, and you can tell he's not all there. And Rafael Harvey-Pinard was put on IR. So the assumption is, is that, yes, Arbor Jack, I will draw back in. They have six defensemen, and I assume... Well, actually, Harvey-Pinard was already out, which prompted the recall of Joshua Y. anyways. So, like, the Canadians have their lineup. I get, they didn't recall anybody today. I don't think they're going to recall anyone tomorrow. If they do, it's going to have to be, I would assume it's going to be a post five o'clock call up. They didn't claim anybody on waivers. I think they're kind of running with this the way that it is for right now. They're going to run kind of a bare bones lineup, which, okay, fine. Again, what we want to see out of this game, Slavkovsky points, Caulfield points, Suzuki points, third and third star of the week in the NHL, Nick Suzuki, mind you. What I want to see more than anything else is I want to see a bounce back game from Jaden Struble, who I don't think was awful against the Blues, but caught the most flack because his mistakes were the most noticeable in a sea of mistakes overall. I just want to see someone else step up on this team uh, besides the top line. Love seeing the top line do things. Would love to see points from Anderson, something from Yelonen, something from... Josh Anderson, and I know that I'm wishing against fate there, uh, but my bold prediction is is that Brandon Jignac's going to get his first Habs goal in this game, whether it be at the end of the game against an empty net or something like that. I think that number 74 is getting his way onto the score sheet in this game one way or the other. He's worked, He's played so well, maybe not analytically, but I'm noticing him doing all the right things. I think he's going to get on the score sheet in this game. I'm going to hold you to that, Scott, because it's been a while since we've made predictions and then had to eat our words. (laughs) Um, 
here's here's my thing is that I just want them to look dominant. I don't even care about this, the, the final score at the end of the day. I just want them to look good against a bad team, not look worse. And and that's exactly it is that we've seen them play down to competition so many times. Like they played up to the stars. Yeah, Dallas was clearly the better team, but the Habs were there. The Blues are technically an even matchup and they didn't show up at all. We've watched the Canadians take it to the Golden Knights, to the Bruins, to the Devils, etc. And then not show up against the Sharks, barely against the Blackhawks and stuff. This should be a game where, okay, we got embarrassed, and I'm going to say embarrassed, on Sunday. You should come out of that like a house of fire. I mean, like, we need to do better in this game. We don't know who the starting goaltender is yet. I wouldn't be shocked if they went back to Montembeau. Get a win. Get yourself back on track. But they play the Rangers on Thursday night. So they may want Montembeau for that game against the better opponent. This is the ideal game for, I would say, Jake Allen to bounce back. But I think you should give Caden Primo the start here. We'll find out in practice tomorrow morning who the starter is going to be. I would go Primo. Montembeau is his backup in this game. And then you go Montembeau Allen on Thursday against the Rangers. I just want somebody to kind of step up besides the top line and be like, I give a crap. Jonathan Kovacevic did it. And yes, it was a 7-2 game or whatever. But there's still passion in this team. And I want to see some fight in it. Even Like you said, even if they don't win, if this is the kind of game where they put up 40 shots and they just get goalied despite playing well, you kind of go, well, that sucks, and you take the tank point standings here. But if they come out like they did against the Blues, against a worse team in the Ducks, then then I have a problem. Then we got to start looking deeper at things here a little bit. And uh, I think the Canadians are going to get a win in this one. I don't think it's going to be uh, what we would call an instant classic by any means, but I do think that this is uh, a game that the Canadians are going to I think get back to their winning ways a little bit. And obviously we will have a show after that. We will have the recap. We'll have whatever other news is going on that week. However, the biggest news, and we will probably tie this into tomorrow's episode too. Morgan Riley has a hearing on Tuesday for cross-checking Ridley Gregg in the face. We're going to get into all of that insanity and more coming up next. But first, as I said, off the top of the show, today's show is brought to you by the fine folks at FanDuel, and you can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel right now because it is America's number one sports book. You, as a new customer, can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150. All your bet has to do is win. You know, Wemby's playing in Toronto. We know he's the top overall pick. What's his stat line going to look like? You can make a bet on that. Is there a same game parlay that you want to put together across the NBA on any given night? Apparently the Knicks are good and I'm not prepared for a world that that is the truth because I like it when our nemesis suffers and the Knicks are bad. There's exclusive props, quick bets, and so many other things on an app that is safe, secure, and easy to use. And when your bet hits, you can cash out instantly and take those winnings to the bank. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA, and us here at Locked On. We are back here at Locked On Canadians, and we were going to talk about this on Sunday, potentially, but obviously we had games to recap and a whole lot of other things happening. Uh, For those who have been living under a rock or aren't on social media, one, 
bless your heart. It's better for you. Uh, these, these bags under my eyes are because I am scrolling and posting at all hours of the night. Uh, no, not really. I just don't, I go to bed late, but the biggest thing around the NHL this week and God, it is trying every single one of my fibers to not get banned from, you know, Twitter for my thoughts on this. Toronto and Ottawa played a game. I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday night because it feels like I've been through several lifetimes since then. I want to say it's Saturday. It, it doesn't matter. It's two irrelevant franchises. But somehow <laughs> I have to pick a side on the side that I never thought I would side with in this. Uh, Toronto was losing 4-3 to the Ottawa Senators. Coming down into the closing seconds of the game, uh, Ridley Gregg gets a loose puck towards the empty net. It's all alone. Nobody in front of him. Again, and the key part of this is I want everyone to focus on here. The net is empty. There's nobody in it. There's nobody in this net. Nothing can go wrong. From about six feet away, he winds up, takes a slap shot into the back of the net. Ottawa's going to win that game. Morgan Riley in a fit of rage that, you know, besmirches the name of being Mr. Tessa Virtue, comes over and cross-checks Ridley Grieg in the face and neck area there. And that ensues a whole bunch of nonsense. Ryan Reeves doesn't do anything because he's useless. And we'll get to that later on in this. And the entire thing that came out of this is, but what about the code? That's unsportsmanlike. If you don't want to get have someone take a slap shot on your empty net, don't lose to a last place in your division team is a pretty simple concept. Riley is being offered an in-person hearing and has accepted it. That will be Tuesday uh, afternoon in New York City with the Department of Player Safety. Uh, and Laura, I'm going to toss this to you in a second, but I want to get one point very clear here to everybody in Toronto who thinks George Peros is out to get you because he played for the Canadians. Are you stupid? George Peros played 22 games for the Montreal Canadians and spent more time on the injured list because of the concussions he suffered at that time. George Peros is not taking anything out on the Leafs because Colt Nord dropped him on his face in a fight. You are not the victim in a in a in a situation where one of your key players, one of your letter wearing players, got so mad because he didn't do his job well enough that he cross checked someone in the face and the neck. You are the bad guys in this situation. Either embrace it or stop acting like you are the victim in this. You're making me a Montreal Canadiens fan defend the actions of an Ottawa Senator and the things that I've seen, you have to expect things like that. If you make a move like that, you do not have to expect to be cross-checked in the neck after you score a goal. I thought we learned after Dale Hunter and Pierre Turgeon that this is crap that shouldn't happen. You have Ryan Reeves talking about how back in my day when I was in the league, you're still in the league for one thing, you moron that, Oh, he would still be laid out on the ice. I'm sorry. Are you, trying to knock a man out cold because he scored a goal. This is why you play seven minutes a night and you're so scared of physical contact because Arbor Jack, I fed you your lunch. You're irrelevant. Shut up and stop talking. You're supposed to be there to prevent these things. And honest to God, it's embarrassing. Morgan Riley, Sheldon keeps talking about how I thought it was appropriate and that guys have a right to have those actions. 
allowing your players a free pass to do vigilante justice because you could not coach your way around a last place team that you lost and that you didn't like how they scored a goal is ridiculous. It's Bush league. And I'm of the opinion you should, you know, heavily fine or suspend Sheldon Keefe one for being an obtuse moron and for just, you know, being okay with his players head hunting because they lost a game. He talked about how Toronto was that if it wasn't Toronto, this wouldn't get the same attention. Just it's ridiculous across the board. And anyone who's watched this show knows I've laid into the Ottawa senators for a lot of things. This is so hilariously pathetic from a team that prides itself on being better than this. It's a loser mentality from a loser franchise. And I'm not sorry to say that. I have yelled a lot. Laura, I meant to throw this back to you, but then that steam train started rolling and I wasn't going to stop it at that point. So (laughs) I think Morgan Riley should go to jail. And by jail, I mean six to seven game suspension at least because that's what they gave David Perron as a first-time offender this season as well. All right. So I... (laughs) didn't see the game i was at the movies and then i saw there was a bunch of noise about it after uh after i got home that night and i was like all right it's probably typical battle of ontario stuff and then i saw the thing and then it was like oh that was uncalled for blah 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 so i went to see what was the crime that ridley greek greek greg greek whatever committed and it was an empty net goal scoring a goal with a I slap literally, shot. like my eyes like fell out of my head like in the cartoon i was like that is what he got cross-checked in the face and neck for in the head and neck for for scoring a goal like and that like the leafs were like oh that's classless and i don't know what and i oh god like, i hate I that word not, like, so much i hate it I could not believe that they were mad. Like, people were squawking at Ridley Greek instead of Morgan Riley. Like, even if he had done something, you don't cross-check somebody right in the head like that. Like, that's, like, it's so uncalled for. But he didn't even do anything. And this is the worst part is that both you and I are sitting here defending the freaking Ottawa Senators, the most loser franchise ever to exist. And we are calling the Leafs bigger losers. Like, that's what we're doing right here. I literally, like, I couldn't, like, I saw you guys talking about it in multiple group chats. And, like, and there was so much raging debate about it. that I was like, I got to go look this up. And it was an empty net goal. Like, it was an empty, oh, my God. Morgan Riley should absolutely be suspended. A hundred percent. He should not just be suspended. He should be suspended. Like, like you said, it's gotta be like 10 games. And we know the, 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 the NHL is not going to give them or player safety is not going to give him 10 games. But I also just like, I was like watching incredulously as people were talking about how when Brendan Gallagher suspension happened, that if this had been a leaf, it would have been 10 games. Well, this is a leaf right now. Let's see what happens. And, like, with this, I look at him and, like, the Leaf fans in my mission, well, he was trying to get him to drop the gloves. Then drop the gloves with him. Take your gloves off and grab him or something. You're leading with a stick across the ice to the head and neck area. And that's dangerous. Fighting him after the whistle is one giant diaper baby material but it's more understandable even if you came up and you gave him a shot like low along like the hips or the pad 
it's still crappy, but it's not suspendable. You get a fine afterwards and everyone moves on with their lives. And everyone just thinks Morgan Riley is a giant diaper baby. Now I know that he is a giant diaper baby. And I know that this is just one of the dumbest incidents I've ever seen. A the giant code's diaper nonsense. baby and a criminal. <laughs> yes. Like, a criminal so- diaper baby. Criminal di- doctor diaper baby. And it's like I look at this and I go, well, the code dictates. The code doesn't matter. If players wanted to respect each other, they would. And they don't give me the old, oh, back in the day. I've watched Boom Boom Jeffrey on hit a man in the face with a stick and throw it at him. I've watched Dale Hunter do what he did to Pierre Turgeon. I've watched people headhunt each other the entire time I've watched the NHL. And for Ryan Reeves, of all people, to be like, well, back in my day, Ryan, you joined the league in 2010. You, you This is not back in your day. You're still a product of a bygone era, but oh my God, enough. You're talking like, I am so glad Don Cherry is not on TV anymore because I would throw my laptop off the top of the electric tower in this city if I had to listen to his take on this. I think he's going to get at least seven games for this because it was egregious. It was in prime time and the diaper filling afterwards has been absolutely next level. I cannot wait to see the reactions to the suspension. (laughs) Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. If he gets any less games than Brendan Gallagher, no, if he gets any more games than Brendan Gallagher, everybody's going to be like, this is biased towards the hats. Well, here's the thing is he is, because it's an in-person hearing. He's getting more than five games for this. Like, I, I cannot wait to see what it is, because I know, I can't help but think that, oh, we're going to get something real dumb out of this. I we will talk about the actual suspension because I think there's a limit to how far you can go. As much as this draws shades of Turjan and Hunter, it's not as egregious. It's still dumb. It still should be punished. You do. It's not 21 game suspension punishment. There, uh, we will talk about that after the game and the suspension are handed down tomorrow. But we had a mailbag question that we did not get to last week. And we want to take a moment to kind of discuss that on the show as a whole. And that's coming up in our final segment. Uh, But first, it is just past the halfway point of the season here, Habs fans. And I know the team's struggling. There's injuries. But Uri Slavkovsky's on the rise. Nick Suzuki is an all-star. And Cole Caulfield is becoming one of the more dominant playmakers on this team. And if you want to keep winning big, you can play Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of Locked on NHL network. You can win up to 100 times your money. All you got to do is bet on whether Alex Ovechkin will keep his goal streak going. Is Sidney Crosby going to keep being the best player in the NHL? Is Nathan McKinnon going to stay the angriest man in the NHL and figure out if they're going to record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus or more in a given game. And to win 100 times your bet, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. That's 100 times your daily fantasy hockey, your money with daily fantasy hockey on sleepers. So start paying attention and nail your picks. Just use promo code locked on NHL and you'll get a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That is code locked on NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. We are back here at locked on Canadians. I have yelled enough that my dog is like, huffing and puffing in the crate because she thinks something is wrong with me in which she's not wrong. There's a lot wrong with me, but not in this instance. We well, got a mailbag question. In the face for a slap shot. 
Yeah, I yeah, I didn't cross check any. I mean, I could if I ran out in the street and cross check somebody, I might get arrested. So Morgan Riley should go to jail. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna get. We're gonna get so many angry comments. I'm so sorry for our regulars in the comments tomorrow. You're gonna be the real MVPs on this because I'm not gonna look at it. We get a lot of mailbag questions, and sometimes they slip through the cracks, or we don't get to them on another day, or we want to take them and create a a full segment for that. And if you ever have mailbag questions, we are at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockdownCanadians at gmail.com. Laura's at the active stick. I'm at Scott Matla. We always love questions. Laura, we got a question about Carrie Price's contract, correct? Yes. This is from our really good friend, Daniel, and it came via Twitter DM. How would you feel if Hughes traded Price's contract to a team with cap space, cough, Arizona, cough? Okay. So, can, is it a possibility? that the Montreal Canadiens can trade Carey Price's contract at all? Um, well, I am looking. I'm I'm actually on cap friendly right now. There is not a single team in the NHL with $10 million in cap space at this exact moment. Chicago is at 8.8. Anaheim is at 8.4. Buffalo is at 8.05. Nashville, 7.9. And then it drops down to Columbus at $4 million. I do not think the Canadians want to retain money on this because it is a slot they wanted. But this is also based off of the current cap space, which is, I believe, $83.5 million. Uh, let me take a look at Chicago. And I believe the cap next year is rising up to, they said, eighty-seven or $88.5 million, I think, next year. So... They potentially would have the opportunity to do that, but I'm also looking at Chicago's team. Uh, they only have one, two, three, four forwards signed beyond this season. So uh, uh, not counting the return of Connor Bedard and uh, Taylor Hall, who is also on uh, injured reserve right now. I think it's possible, but I also think it's going to require the Canadians to get creative with it. And it also means they are going to have to probably give up something to move that contract off the books. If I understood what Kent Hughes said correctly in the offseason and going into this season, they want to get the cap into a situation where they do not have to LTIR carry Price's contract and use that extra space that then, if they want to bring people in, then maybe they can LTIR that, but they want to get as close to that limit as they can before they do that, if not getting under it before putting that contract on long-term injured reserve. I'd be curious if there's a team that desperately wants to activate that kind of cap space, uh, whether or not that's Arizona, who, despite what their Twitter account says, wants to be a contender. Uh, it probably won't be in Arizona, but it's going to require some finessing, and I don't think the Canadians have the, spare, have the assets that they want to spare right now to move a contract like that. Remember, Sean Monaghan cost a first-round pick to move out of Calgary into Montreal, and he was still able to play hockey. This is, this is there is not something coming back. Shea Weber's contract netted what? Evgeny Dodonov? No, Evgeny Dodonov. Yeah, Evgeny Dodonov was Shea Weber's contract. It, that That's it. You're lucky if you get anything back at all in this if you're not adding to something as well with it. So... I I like the idea of it. I just can't envision a world that the Canadians are not paying out the nose to get rid of that contract right now. 
So then let's talk about the actual question, which was how we how would we feel about it? Like, let's say they were um, able to pull it off to see Carey Price, like end his career on a team, even though he doesn't play for them, doesn't put the jersey on ever to see him end his career for a team that's not the Canadians. Like, how would we feel about that? Uh, terrible, uh, to be honest with you. Sting. It's like. It was weird, like Shea Weber going to Vegas and then being shipped off to Arizona. Like we thought it was a joke, but it ended up not being that. Uh, it's a weird feeling. And yes, I know that he would never pull on the jersey for that team. He is not part of that team, but it would feel very weird to see him cast out like that. It from a business sense, if they can do it and they're not giving up too much, I understand it. The business side of me understands that, but like the person who has seen Carey Price as Mr. Montreal Canadian, the franchise goaltender, that guy through my formative years who carried this team to so many, you know, memorable moments and just coming up just short of a Stanley Cup, seeing him going to another team would be heartbreaking. And I think that all rational fans would be like, I get why they moved the contract out. But it stings, and it would sting a lot to see Carey Price move on in that regard. Uh, for someone who watched, you know, in the NFL, I watched Brett Favre go and play for the Jets and then the Vikings, and it just didn't feel right. Not that Carey Price is Brett Favre, mind you, with all the other stuff involved with that, but it just doesn't feel right at all. It's a feeling that I can't shake that I'm like, it makes sense, but it's just, uh it's like when you look at one of those photos on like Reddit that it's like, what, how, what, what about this feels wrong? I can't place it. And I'm just envisioning Carey Price just even at like Team Picture Day where he's part of the team, but on LTIR, they're in a Blackhawks jersey or a uh, Salt Lake City Coyotes jersey, and it's gross, <laughs> and I don't like it at all. I would almost rather he just retire, but $10.5 million is $10.5 million. 100%. Uh, sound off in the comments. How would you feel if Carey Price's contract was traded and he had to go put on a jersey for Team Picture Day and everything else uh, with another team? You can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. Let us know on Twitter. Just, you know, don't be a jerk. I don't think we're asking too much in that. We will be back after the Habs and Ducks game. We will talk about Morgan Riley's prison sentence, the recap, <laughs> and anything else that pops up in Montreal Canadiens land. And as always, thank you for tuning in, and we will see you all next time. Mm -hmm.